Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Touching me, touching you, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. West Ham with a famous European win, and Everton bagged a vital three points. It's Friday, 18th of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushin Hunter-Raja. Hello, everybody. Good to have you with us. It's a Friday. It's a fabulous Friday, Jim Campbell, especially if you are a West Ham United fan. Absolutely. Oh, strike me donuts. What an evening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, jelly me eels, Vish. Deary me. Well, I'll tell you something. Sometimes on a Friday, you're you're looking ahead to the weekend, and that's no different today. But we are going to look back on some of the stuff that happened last night because there was plenty. That was proper... uh, an East London pre-kend, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pre-kend. I mean, maybe that... the best pre-kend they've ever had. <laughs> yeah. And it's, of course, where we start. We're not going to start with the game that saw, you know, a vital three points for a relegation threatened side, which saw a broken hand, a 99th minute winner and a protest. No, we have to start with uh, with West Ham United, everybody. And I think you can forgive us for doing that. They make it to their first European quarterfinal since 1981, before you and I were born, Jim Cannon. Mm. Uh, so we've never seen this. No. In any kind of capacity, of course. Um, Andre Yarmolenko, of course, an emotional winner in extra time, you know, marvellous for him and and, and marvellous for the club. But more than 59,000 fans packed inside that old London stadium, uh, the biggest ever home attendance in the club's history. And this is the type of game, Vish, if I may say, that they're creating their own memories of the place. It felt like almost a kind of... I don't know. Uh, it was a very special night, of course, but it, for the first time, I think it felt like a bit of a fortress, the home uh, West Ham United at the London Stadium. Yeah, well, if you, um, I, I mentioned after the first leg that this was a chance for them to, I think I said, punch their ticket. Of everyone's talked about how the atmosphere mm. has improved so much, and you know, this is the the biggest opportunity to show that. Yeah, and I think, like you know, I always think this about stadiums that. Are, have tradi- you know are traditionally seen as hard places to go. Mm-hmm. I was you know as a United fan who grew up during the nineties. I always remember Highbury and even on TV finding that quite claustrophobic, just mm-hmm. how everyone was falling over. And obviously modern stadiums have changed now, but everyone, it felt like sorry, everyone was falling over. Yeah, you know, I kind of like falling over the so edges. Close to oh, the edge. I yeah, I mean the players on like, <laughs> the bad pitch. <laughs> but the um, the thing about modern stadiums is you you can actually get that kind of atmosphere provided you need to kind of buy in all the way around. Yeah, and that's what you got yesterday in West Ham. It felt like, oh, actually, those modern stadiums can be, you know, so emphatically partisan, really. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And the scenes at the end, just the the, the fans, obviously, you know, obviously staying behind, you know, r- whipping the shirts off and throwing them around <laughs> their heads and just just hugging each other. Just the all of them doing this sort of the, the the cross to the camera. Just just beautiful stuff. Beautiful beautiful stuff. That was what they were promised, right? Yes. This yes. is the thing. This is yeah. this is why it must be such an emotional release mm. for West Ham. They were told that this was why they were moving to the stadium. Mm. That this was the sort of level they were going to be competing at. And it's taken them a long time to get there, mm-hmm. but they have done it now. Mm. And that release of emotion is. I mean, it must feel absolutely incredible because. I think they got to the point where they thought it wasn't going to happen. They were fearing the worst. Mm. And now the, this this team is fantastic. Such mm-hmm. a joy to watch. So many characters in it. David Moyes is doing a, a brilliant job. This is some serious magician bruv, as Colton Cole said about him <laughs> in, in the you, post-match. Him with and Joe, Joe Cole and Jules. with our very own Jules Breach. I mean, that, they're, they they're, a great. Great, they're a great trio at any time. They are. That was particularly, awesome yesterday. Yeah. Particularly that time, yeah. of course. It has to be said. But you're right about the, you know, they were promised this and, and all that kind of stuff. And And, and during the game, when that first goal went in, the it felt it, it almost was like a weight was lifted. Now I know that wouldn't really make much sense, but there was something about those celebrations. It was like, yes, we've 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 landed here. That yeah. we, we've it felt very significant. It wasn't just your run of the mill equaliser. It didn't it didn't even feel 
like, oh yeah, now we've got them. It was kind of like, oh, now we've moved into our own space and we yes. don't have to worry about what they're doing. Yeah. Also as well, the, the ball from Antonio to, to Socek was fantastic. Yes. Obviously he buried it really, really well as you'd expect him to with someone who's that good at heading the ball in that position. But it, you know, it was that they, they did it with some quality as well. Mm. And it really showed Sevilla that like, you know, this is not going to go your, your way. Mm. You know, you, you, you're used to winning this competition, but you know, you've not come up against us before. Well, they are used to winning it. Because Shut they, up. They've, they've won it four <laughs> times in the last eight seasons. So it shows you what a scout this is for West Ham. Yeah, yeah, huge. And I thought they played it so smartly. Even the, I think the Antonio thing was perhaps a microcosm of that because I've always thought with Antonio that he's someone who goes through the gears very well, mm-hmm. but he can find it quite hard to go down a gear. Yeah. And the setup for that goal, the fact that it was a counter-attack that was about to peter out mm. and he takes it out wide, shows really good close control, whips it up with his left foot as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Suchek does the rest. I was so impressed with Fornals as well. I think he is someone who, particularly around that core of Suchek and Rice, Declan Rice in the middle, Rice again, who was mm. brilliant. I mean, I don't know how much more we can say about him, to be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. But for now's, you know, the battling qualities with his undoubted, you know, footballing qualities were that were plain to see yesterday. Mm-hmm. Even someone like Lanzini, he wouldn't necessarily associate with the graft, was, mm-hmm. you know, putting a shift mm-hmm. in. And the other I suppose more broadly, we were talking about how West Ham could fight on many different fronts and the the problem was always going to be their squad. Mm-hmm. And it always felt like there wasn't quite enough there to sustain a three pronged or two pronged attack mm-hmm. on your season, or certainly being pulled two or three different ways. And here we are in the middle of March, in yeah. the middle of March, and yeah. they've bossed Sevilla over 120 minutes of, of this particular leg, mm-hmm. and they did it so very well. Not just getting the goal, the mm-hmm. you know the winning goal when they did, but the way they marshaled it after that. Antonio yeah. just yeah. being in the corner and Absolutely. sorting it all out. It didn't, yeah. it didn't. It was a very very professional display, and it looked like the type of display and performance that a side who are used to those ties uh, uh, do. And a even, side, that, a, a performance that Sevilla would have been proud of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. that comes from Moyes, though, doesn't it? And his, his experience and the way he's managed to translate that to them. You can see they're yeah, all pulling Moyes in the same a, direction. I mean, Moyes, we've mentioned him, of course, in the context of I'm not of saying United. he's like a sort of European No, kind but, of... Uh, but he's not had that much European He's had a little bit, of course. No, but he's been in the game a long, long time. He knows, he knows how to manage a game like that. May, may, yeah, may, maybe from afar... But I suppose, you know, he's not... You, you wouldn't necessarily see him as someone who is... Well, I, I feel like he's maybe done a handful of European games, certainly like in the in, in a full season. Bear in mind, obviously, you know, Everton had that brief period where yeah. they were quite... Well, I mentioned Manchester the United Champions League. when he got the quarterfinal. Yeah, but, but again, yeah, very, very briefly. True enough, yeah. Well, and even at the moment where it did look like Sevilla might score, I mean, Ariola makes an incredible save. Mm. That's what he's there for. He's quite an underrated goalkeeper, I think, Ariola. He was he was very very good uh, uh, for Fulham, uh, of course. Um, but yes, uh, in Moyes, a typical Moyes fashion. He wants to keep his feet on the ground, and said that uh, that that West Ham are only at the start of their journey. Uh, that he wants to take them on. We are climbing a mountain, but we are at base camp at the moment, which is very uh, David Moyes esque. Mm. And we we were critical, critical, slightly critical of West Ham. And I know one or two of their fans were in the January window, Jim, when they didn't sign anybody. We said, what, go on and push on for that fourth spot. Well, they said, no, there's another route to Champions League. <laughs> and at the moment, they're well on course. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we don't know who they've got, of course, at the time of recording. It's a, a, a fair while before the draw will be made. It's, you know, there's some there's some intriguing ties that, that it could be, but we won't talk um, or speculate on that, of course, because as I say, by the time some of you have listened to this, you'll know the draw uh, yourselves. And they face Spurs on Sunday. Big game uh, in, in a race for the top four. So uh, we, we shall see. But a, a glorious evening at the, at the London Stadium. And, and again, just the scenes at full time. That's what it's all about, Fish. You know, those scenes and making those memories and blah de blah de blah And it just gives everyone such a huge lift. You do feel that beyond the Champions League, sometimes certain teams see European competitions as a bit of a nuisance. Yeah. And it's so good mm-hmm. to see a team like West Ham not take it for granted and, and just, yeah, have nights yeah. like these. And it should, I suppose it should be a message to everyone else. I mean, yeah. you know, we can also talk about Leicester City in mm-hmm. the Conference League, which we'll go on <laughs> to mention, I believe. But um, yeah, I feel like it it really sets a tone for... Yeah. For everyone, because I always wonder, you know, I suppose maybe not, not just me, but we always wonder in, the, in this country with regards to how we fare in European football. Mm. We never, it never feels like, for example, Sevilla, and we talk about their mm. Europa, Europa League heritage. It never feels like we talk about it in a in a way that is really fair to them. It, it's almost quite yeah. dismissive the way it's discussed. 
But if that was one of, you know, if that was an English team, mm, that yeah, was yeah. that is something to celebrate. That's totally. certainly something people in Spain celebrate. Mm. And, you know, even yesterday, like not being a West Ham fan, it was hard not to just like... Oh, turn oh yeah, yourself completely. Into absolutely. And this is the thing with, you know, qualifying for Europe is one thing and celebrating that at the end of the season. Mm. You've then got to make it count in the next season. Yeah. And so often we see teams fail to do that and they just get bombed out in the group stage or something. Or yep. remember Moyes qualified for the Champions League with Everton and they didn't get through the qualifier That's right. a long time ago, which is mm. heartbreaking for them. But West Ham have really, really capitalised on it. And mm. the belief it's going to give them now, thinking, all right, we can... We can Come back and do this more. We can, we we well, we can make ourselves part of the furniture. Totally, here. we've all enjoyed it. And you know, being a Fulham fan, I remember there, you know, very yes, successful yeah. jaunt in the, in the Europa League. It means a lot, and I think that's probably what UEFA have tried to do. Because back in the day, when you had the European Cup, when it was just the, the Champions, then you had the UEFA Cup. You know, that meant things to to, to people different. Things. Whereas, of course, with this mishmash, you kind of think eh, people are a bit bit snooty and so on. But actually, when you get some sides who are not used to European football, you know, take to it like a duck to order. Don't yeah. just feel like a second string side, like you know, Pulis did for Stoke or whatever. You know, which was a bit of a shame. But anyway, without going on about that. But elsewhere in the, the Europa League, of course, Barcelona they went through uh, to the last day after beating Galatasaray two. Another goal for uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah. He's having a good time. He is yeah. having a good time. And uh, it's, it's, seven goals and seven starts. It's a good combination of man and city, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it was it is. always going to go well, I think. Uh, for, certainly at the beginning. Uh, we'll see how he gets on in, in, in a bit when he fancies a holiday. But uh, yes, the, the, the Barcelona, do you know that the stadium is now called the Spotify Camp Nou? Yes. This is Spotify uh, are going to sponsor their shirts as well. This is apparently a clause in the contract that allows Spotify to put the names of various singers in their place. So Why what... don't they do something different and, you know, during during a match, every 10 minutes play an advert? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, every 100 passes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, you can't go backwards. You can't yeah, go backwards. No. <laughs> oh, so is the shirt a lot thing... of long ball at the moment, Barcelona. <laughs> Save a few quid. Is the shirt thing going to be like, you know how the advertising boards in, in grounds are different in different countries? Yeah. Is, is the shirt place... There's a serious question. Is the placeholder going to be like that? Because yeah, they're talking about a... like advertising artists from different parts of the world. Oh, that's a very good point. I don't, I'm quite intrigued by this. We'll see uh, how it gets... I mean, it is quite odd. I mean, who's... You know, we're going to have like Ed Sheeran on the Barcelona yeah. shirts or something. Well, the, the the Atletico one when they were sponsored by a production company when uh-huh. they had the adverts for films coming up. Yeah. So there's a great shot with um, you know, Fernando Torres running away celebrating goal with uh, with Hellboy on his yeah. shirt. Oh yeah. And things like that. that they started cool. calling him that for a while, didn't they? Did Which they? Is, he's like, it might be the most angelic footballer that's ever existed. <laughs> well, it's one, one, one you least expect. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's very true. true. By the way, apologies. I don't know why I said Ed Sheeran there. I could have, you know, picked Bon Jovi, couldn't everyone, I? Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody I think Ed Sheeran's <laughs> more likely to be advertised. <laughs> bon like half the internet <laughs> likes kicking Ed Sheeran at every opportunity, didn't they? So, poor yeah. Imagine if you say in the opposition that could, you know, Ed Sheeran's up there, just start getting yellow cards, stop booting. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> there it is. There it is, straight away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just, just singing his songs, trying to get on with his life. Oh, poor lad. He's yeah. definitely not poor. That's one thing we can agree. But yeah, so Spotify... Still involved... the best is lucky, though. Sorry, that was my go. Apparently <laughs> 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 uh, 280 million pounds gets you a lot, though, if you want to uh, sponsor Barcelona. Yeah, but, but there we are, yeah. Um, yeah, they were... I mean, Pedri was something else last night. The second, His goal, his equaliser, yeah. just basically just sat everybody down mm. like a strict teacher. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah. But, what a future but, he has. By the way, if, if, if I made sort of... Well, it's still within the realm of football, but so off the pitch. Uh, the Malaysian football club, JDT, have announced a partnership with Universal Music and uh, released an official club theme called Pioneers, sung by Snoop Dogg and Joe... Flizzo, I think that's pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for sounding old, everybody, but you know that's just my age. Um, so I mean, he, he's quite old as well. To be fair, that he's, is... a, he's a Malaysian rapper from from well, not from yesteryear because uh-huh. he's still around, but you know, he's not. You know, he's not twenty. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. That makes me feel a bit. They better. should have got John Bo- uh, John, bon- John Bon Jovi. Exactly. Yeah, Snoop Dogg and John Bond. The, the yeah. John, John Bon Jovi and Childish Gambino. <laughs> Pete and I front row. Um, <laughs> what more does anybody want? But uh, but back to Galatasaray versus Barcelona. You see, Galatasaray fans they set off fireworks outside Barcelona's hotel. That's I mean that's classic stuff. I, you expect that from Galatasaray. They've got a, they've got a reputation. Those fans, you know, welcome to hell banners, all that, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Whereas, I didn't expect this from some of our Scandinavian brothers. FC Copenhagen fans tried to do the same outside the Radisson uh, Blue to ruin PSV players' sleep ahead of their Conference League game. I, Bit surprised at that. I mean, it didn't work because they got the wrong hotel. Uh, so 
I don't I don't understand why when you go to those places where you know this is going to happen, why is it why there isn't a bit more misdirection? Yeah, mm. I know. Like obviously, it's easy to you know, it's not like they these are that far mm-hmm. planned in in you know in the past that you couldn't just adjust and oh, is that um yeah that is one of their players. We'll go over there and do it. Yeah, but yeah, I've always wondered about that. Well, there's there's, there's a reason why they got the wrong hotel because uh, Maragutza. Uh, PSV won the game 4-0. Kurtz got a couple and he said after the game, <clears throat> excuse me, we placed the bus at the other hotel on purpose. I slept very well. There you go. <laughs> hey! There you go. This there misdirection you go. is in place. Well, we spoke about this before. Clubs the... have to like, like mitigate for terrible family. Also, you know? decoy it... buses. We've always said this, mm. decoy buses. You'd be fucking livid if you were staying in that other hotel. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the players here. No, 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 the players aren't here. You won't get to meet anyone, but... You will get a lot of noise at 3 a.m. Yeah. So, Although, at the same time, right, if you're in a hotel and you're quite high up and there are fireworks going off just outside your window, yeah. that probably looks pretty cool, right? Not at like 3 a.m.? Are you mad? Oh, Jim, you have on. to remember, not, every, not everybody has your, you know, social habits. My lust for life. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Imagine if you're about... Some people can sleep, is what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine about, about that hour in a hotel room... Mm. You probably, you know, you've got all your senses about you, depending on what you've done, maybe what you haven't done. Mm -hmm. And imagine seeing just like flashing lights at eye level. That's freaking you the hell out. It was, yeah. Well, there we are. But Goethe and the boys slept well. They got a good win. Rangers uh, have booked their place in the quarterfinal. Beat Red Star, Belgrade 4-2 on aggregate, despite losing 2-1 on the night. That was an intense game as it well. Wasn't it? Well, you expect that from old Zvezda, don't you? Um, it's the furthest they've gone in Europe since, of course, they, they reached the UEFA Cup final in 2008. It's all going off. It was all going off. Much yesterday. like those fireworks. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, Rangers, it was, you know, Zvezda scored early on after, what, about 10 minutes or something like that, and you thought to yourself, oh, hang on. This could be a very long night. But it was, again, speaking of, like, road their luck at times, but also kind of rode it out as well. And Alan McGregor, I mean, the man, in domestic football, he has made the odd error this season. Whereas in Europe, he seems to be 10 years younger. He's phenomenal performance again from him. Well, in Europe, you go to warmer places and they say older people do a little bit better. (laughs) His bones and his... Yeah, it's just a bit looser, more supple. He's taking his cod liver oil. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what it is. They just douse him in the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Have another cod liver oil bath. Yeah. Right? He'll be fine. <laughs> and he's away. Yeah. It's not an ice bath at that point. It's cod liver oil and Werther's original. Imagine the smell. <laughs> the absolute stench. Oh, Alan's coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get into the box. Like, oh, God, what is that? Puts you right off. Maybe that's what it is. Gives him an extra yard. But they it got saves, the, saves the penalty. People jump to hug and slip yeah. right off. <laughs> Yeah, he has to, amazing that uh, that's why he's got to get the, the hands on the ball because that's why he slipped off his arm last night, didn't he? He made a good double save. That's what it was about. But then uh, Ryan Kent got the equaliser on the night and that was a vital goal. And his pace is its such an asset for them. Yeah. He can be a bit hectic and he's a very enjoyable player to watch. But that goal, the, the, the drive, a bit fortunate with the deflection, I would have quite fancied it to go in anyway, but a vital one that, that settled the, the nerves and, and the tie, really. They just have a method, don't mm, they? It's, yeah. it's, it's really clear. Everyone knows exactly the roles they're going to fulfil. Mm. I think someone who has really come to the fore, in, especially in this European campaign, is John Lundstrom. Mm. Like someone who primarily operates deep in midfield, who's played centre-back, he's you know filled out wide. Mm-hmm. In the game I covered against Dortmund in that second leg, he started in midfield and then he dropped back into a you know into that back three when mm-hmm. they went to a five at the back. Uh, even yesterday, he was like bursting through from deep and mm-hmm. you know if, if not trying to start attacks and certainly getting the ball as far away from their own goal as possible uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, the the timing of that Belgrade goal. Panics me a little bit. Yeah, Somebody yes. wanted Rangers to go through. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they they, they won two on, but it was a very late penalty, and it didn't really matter at all at the end. Uh, but a good win for uh, the Jurs, and they and they've gone one step further than they did under Gerard. Gerard got them uh, twice, of course, to to this stage in the in the Europa League. But uh, Van Bronckhorst has, has got them <clears throat> into the quarterfinal. Excuse me, uh, Leicester City. Let's talk about the Conference League, the Europa Conference League. They progressed to the last day, of course, losing two one to Rennes on the night, but winning through to an aggregate. Uh, that's, I think that's a brilliant win for Leicester. Well, I think that it is a brilliant win for Leicester. I mean, Andy Brassel talked about Ren and how they've been playing some nice stuff in the French league. Uh, 2-0, they, they took that lead. The late goal in Leicester proves very, very crucial. But the atmosphere in that ground, again, speaking of about teams taking to these European competitions and really, really relishing and enjoying it, Ren, the atmosphere was quite something. Uh, they get a fairly early goal in the tyres where you worry for Leicester. Then Leicester had a couple of chances, and then 
Fafana returning. We haven't seen him this season because he got he broke his leg in a pre-season friendly. An incredible uh, return, much anticipated, of course. It was a, some. It was a little bit of a surprise that he was in the lineup for some, but he nodded in the goal. He looked delighted when he scored, going over a big hug for brother Brendy yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, and and that goal was was ultimately the one that clinched it. Um, but late on in the game, when Ren got two one, they were bombarded. Kasper Schmeichel made a brilliant save towards the end, which was absolutely vital. But then at the end of the game. There was a bit of controversy. Well, I mean, not really. According to Wren, there was because they appealed for handball and the referee blew up for the final whistle. Yeah. For the, for, you know, with the final, uh, the, the end of the game. And then they were shouting for handball that came off Dewsbury Hall's arm. I mean, it was never a penalty in a million years for crying loud, but there was a bit of a ruckus at the end of the game. If it was your team, you'd want it checked though, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I don't know the rules on that actually uh, with regards to can you check after a full-time whistle or not. But the right decision was made because I did think because the way the referee just went, no, 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 and he just wasn't having any of it. And I thought... Let's just see the replay Absolutely. here. <laughs> Absolutely. We, he was so confident, though, wasn't he? Was. He was. He, mu- he must have got a good look at it. Well, yes. But again, though, if you're a Red fan, you wouldn't be having any of that. But Leicester go on. And again, don't know the draw, but they've got to be looking at this. You know, you'd look at the teams in there. No matter who they get, they've got a chance. Um, and uh, another side will be thinking the same thing is Jose Mourinho's Roma, yeah. who went through, thanks to a stoppage time equaliser from Tammy Abraham on the night, which put them through 2-1 on aggregate, a vital goal from 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 Tammy that sends Mourinho. And, uh, you know, he's... He, he could how do... would he? How would he be? How do you reckon he would feel after yeah. you know, a, a late uh, winner, as it was? Uh-huh. Do you think he would? He wouldn't really take pot shots at anyone else, would he? Well, He'd probably, probably enjoy the moment. Yeah, you enjoy it? the moment for yourself. In you a would, European, wouldn't you? Like that, yeah, yeah. And, and you know the team and the city. You know the, the half of the city that you've played for. Wouldn't yes, you? you would. You'd think that. And you think you might mention... He didn't, did he? No, he didn't. No, he wow. did. he's gone full shithouse Mourinho straight from the offer of this yeah. job. And very much last night was the case. <laughs> because he said ahead of the weekend's Rome derby, we're here playing in Europe while Lazio are at home smoking with Sarri. <laughs> if I had scripted what he was going to say, that's not far off from what I'd have that's said. That's exactly what you would have said. Yeah, It's just brilliant, Jim. He's played... Oh, you could script it. Are these... Are these... Are these... Are these instant classics or are these the old hits he's playing, do you think? It's I think like we... a remix album of the hits, isn't it? Yeah. It's like he's doing the hits, but in like, in, like he's rejigged it a bit. Yeah, but, but he's going pettier. Yeah. That's what like I mean. There's, a, there's so a freshness. There's an element of, of freshness to it, but it is kind of what we hoped and expected. It's 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 the using of of Sari's vice, yeah, as like a, a, in a belittling way, a vice that Sari, you know, yeah. wholeheartedly assumes, and you know, he, he clearly. You know, he does. It's no slight on his personality, but he's using it that way. And I don't know why I find it so funny that they have to go to Sari's house to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fucking loses smoking I, at his house. I think this is. Well, tell imagine you, the wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> don't throw that away. You can chew that. <laughs> Put it in the bowl with the rest of them. Oh my oh god! Yeah, that's probably what the wallpaper is. Isn't oh, it? dear me. <laughs> When you mean like, it, like it was like Pete when he was in that salt mine, just licking the walls. <laughs> Get your hit off that. Um, anyway, we mentioned Tabby Abraham. He's in Gareth Southgate's England squad. Yay! Yesterday, uh, the announcement was made for the friendlies against Switzerland and Ivory Coast at the end of the month. Uh, Mark Gay was called up for the first time, of course, Crystal Palace man. Which uh, big news for him? His teammate Conor Gallagher has been uh, recalled. Michael Elise has been called up to France under twenty ones though. Fish, you're a big fan of his. Are you, there's a lot of competition in the places he's, look, he's looking at in England, but I mean, there's also a lot of competition in, with France. Yeah. Maybe even <laughs> more, so. more so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's a it's a big choice for him to make, but he's gone for France under 21s. What? I'm, I, I, it's it's because England lost Zaha, despite Zaha making a couple of appearances uh, for England, of course, in in friendly matches, and he can still play for England because you you I think it's before by the age of 21 you can play three times or something like that as Ireland right. and Declan Rice know um, but what, would you be disappointed if Elisa doesn't doesn't play for England in the future 
like disappointed from from a talent level, yeah. Oh, no, from your point exciting. of view as a fan. Yeah. Not, obviously, not, you're not talking about him and what he feels as an individual. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of, I actually think the whole situation is quite cool. Mm. Imagine like being able to choose, but like reasonably, like mm-hmm. so France won you or England won you, yeah. Yeah. and. I suppose the the interesting thing I I, I think um, and it, you know it's been covered before. Miguel Delaney um, has has written a lot about this, but the the choices and he would know being of Spanish and yeah, Irish, yeah. yeah. Um, but the choices the players have now because of things like immigration and, and because of how I, I suppose kind of multicultural different countries have mm. become. I, I think it's a really interesting dy- dynamic and a challenge that players in the past haven't been used to. And I always always I'm always quite impressed in the way that these young players deal with those situations because mm. it requires a lot of maturity maturity mm. that maturity from a sense that the decision you make impacts so many other people who have a vested interest in in what you do on the field mm. so um it'd be, you, i mean it'd be pretty cool to see him if he goes on and, and becomes a star mm. of a france i mean that's incredible either way he, he would have been a, become a remarkable player yeah yeah, yeah. I th- I th- that's a very good point maybe that's what he's looked at you know that actually the moment england are in Forcing your way into either side is going to be really, really difficult. So it might be like risk versus reward, right? It's like mm-hmm. you've got to go on this really, really tough path anyway. Mm-hmm. France are probably more likely to win, yeah, you know, win international trophies. So maybe that's his thinking. Jamal Musiala had the same thing, yeah. You know, I'm still annoyed that Erling Haaland isn't playing for England. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fabio Carvalho, the Fulham man, has been snapped up by Andy's lot. Yeah, See, that's a really interesting exactly. one. It's, it's yeah. happening all over the that's shop. Por- Portugal, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was that... one of th- it was one of three. It was it was uh, Portugal, Wimbledon, or Turkey. <laughs> Sorry, four. The LA Clippers. <laughs> and Sevilla as well, yeah. and Leon. Um, Jared Bowen uh, is not in the England squad. He is out injured. Uh, it's unfortunate, isn't it? <clears throat> terrible timing. I'm not sure he would have been called up or not. I don't know what the chat was around that. But we know that Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho have been left out. Rashford's not been playing that much. But Southgate knows Rashford and he knows yeah. Sancho. Rashford has also pulled out of six of the last eight squads, mm. which is, you know, surprising. Yeah. Apparently Trent Alexander-Arnold's out injured as well. And yeah. Carl Walker has lost his place. But again, we've seen Southgate do that with yeah. Walker. And he said with Walker that he'll he's been very public about how we bring him back in the summer and it's just to have a look at other players he doesn't always do that does he but yeah, what, indeed, I think Walker's yeah. place is safe yeah 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 absolutely well nearly international football come on ah. do we want to I, I know he's become a topic for a long time because he's not been playing very well but Mark as you said mm. and you know you're steadfast in your belief that Harry Maguire would make the squad he has made the squad and he'll start yeah he probably will start um Pickford will start as well, despite your best efforts. It's not my best efforts. It's just the truth, isn't it? It is. Absolutely the truth. (laughs) But the thing thing I find interesting, though, is Gay's call-up is Mm. off the back of form. Mm. Tomori. Ah, yes. Yeah, we were talking about this pre-show. Because he's obviously keeping tabs on... Obviously, they play different positions, but he's obviously keeping tabs on Serie A because Tammy's in. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he knows... A little bit surprised. uh, Yeah, he he knows Abraham, of course, uh, a little bit better, having... Been in England squads before, but Tamori's been yeah. in, played for England as well. Well, Gay's the Gay's an interesting one because I think Gay is now the sixth player since that under seventeen World Cup winning team mm. who've made it into the senior side as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know what you mean. I think Tamori should perhaps be a little bit disappointed. Maybe there's a conversation there. I don't know. We don't. Yeah, that's we, true. We're not privy yeah. to all this kind of stuff. But certainly Milan are on for you know going for the title and he's playing well over there. So yes, he's been overlooked. But uh, but there we are. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Not the kind of doctor who'd be able to help much if you're having like a heart attack. But if you're wondering about quantum physics or the theory of matter, he's your man. Well, probably. Every week we're asking a new puzzling question from the world of science and discovering the answer with the help of a world-leading expert. Like, will we ever talk to animals? They are definitely talking. You know, that's, again, a word that I would qualify because we usually mean that vocally. But in their own ways, they're talking to us every single day. Are face transplants the future of cosmetic surgery? Given that range of what's considered attractive, there's probably no point wanting to change your face to be more attractive if you follow science. And should we fear an alien invasion? If an imperialistic drive brings... Uh, other civilizations to us, then obviously it's not good news. But if it's scientific exploration, it may be good news. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the weird, magnificent world around us, then this is the show for you. Eureka. Subscribe now and find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. New episodes every Wednesday. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Yo, what's up, everybody? What a beautiful day. Listen, um, someone just sent me the Marcus Rashford video where he confronted the fans because the fans were digging him out and he, he offered one of them out. But like, Marcus, stand your ground, bro. You just do your stuff and get back to where you need to be, bro, where you're playing. Fuck them fans, bro. <laughs> everybody, have a nice day, man. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Welcome back. I can't the, bear it. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway, everybody. Uh, Ian. We couldn't agree more. Right, it's time for emails. Yes, show at footballramble.com indeed. Jack Goodman has slid into the inbox. He says, hello, Ramblers. Not a subject I ever expected to be emailing about, but here we are. Can't believe you didn't include Leeds United in your attractive squads discussion. Robin Cock and his cheekbones, Calvin Phillips and his smile, classically handsome Patrick Bamford, absolute athlete Jack Harrison, tall, moody Pascal the Rascal strick. (laughs) And if they aren't enough, just listen to Eliane Meslier's voice. Although you might need a cold shower afterwards to calm down. All that with stupid, sexy Jesse in charge too. You know it makes sense, and you know what, Jack? It does make sense. You're, you're absolutely right. That's such an oversight. Yeah, I think you, I think you nail on head there. I think Rafinha, the way he plays, yes, the way he looks, true. He's got that. Sex even, appeal. even there was something quite sexy about Bielsa. Yeah, go on. Is there? Can you? <laughs> well, he's never thought I'd say this, but I'd like to hear more from yeah. Fish. <laughs> Glasses, intellectual. Yeah. Um, he. He's not there anymore. It doesn't count. It's obviously, he's obviously got very powerful legs and glutes. He looks like, because of that, that he's just watching. Oh, Gordon, Do you know what baby. I mean? That's the Gordon, that's what comes to mind for me there, Bish. Yeah, it says a lot right. about you. Show, show at <laughs> footballramble.com. Yeah, and he, he can just perch anywhere, can't he? <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. For ages. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you guys knock yourselves out. I'll just be here. Yeah. Well, we know you can watch two videos at the same time. <laughs> as, as, as the old. Anyway, uh, yes, show at footballramble.com. Uh, let's talk about what happened in the Premier League last night. It seems remarkable that we did a whole first half of the podcast there, but there was so much juicy Europa League and uh, Europa Conference League action that now, finally, we talk about Everton 1, Newcastle United nil. Alex Iwobi scoring in the 99th minute to give Everton a vital win in uh, the relegation scrap. There's three points above Watford with two games in hand now. Speaking of hands, Frank Lampard broke one of his celebrating Everton's winner, but he said he would suffer one every week if it meant they kept on winning. I just connected with something. I realised two minutes later, my hand was shaking and aching. And when he was asked how many more broken bones he was prepared to take for the rest of the season, Lamps replied, they can take one every game if they want. Ha No, but seriously, I will be heading to A&E shortly. <laughs> I do, like, don't say, oh, they can take one every week. It's like, if they win, Duncan Ferguson, right, Frank? <laughs> yeah. Stay true to your word. <laughs> what scares. bone And like taking as well, not breaking. Yeah. Taking what one. What we're going for today. He's yeah. like a, he looked like an Egyptian mummy by the end of the season. If you know what? I'm feeling quite big. Let's, let's take the femur. Yeah? <laughs> let's take the femur, Frank. Not... Oh, dear. But uh, what scenes, though, at the end of the game, Vish, uh, when it won't be scored. We were a little bit disappointed with this celebration, were we not? What's the opposite of ASMR? Because <laughs> that's what that's, that's what that celebration was to me. I was waiting for him to jump in the crowd, and it was so unsatisfying. I don't yeah. know what. There's probably a sexual term for it. There always there always is for these things, but it was just. I I I, I kind of I'm cringing now thinking about it. Not cringing because you know on his behalf, but like internally there is a deep dissatisfaction there mm. that I can't shake. Yeah. Like, is it because he's got his celebration and he? No, I don't of... mind that. It's just the stopping. But yeah. that's what I mean, though. I mean, more from his point of view, he's, he's like he's forgotten about the emotion and gone. Oh, I've got a, I've got something for this. I've got my celebration. I'll do my sort of like, practiced, no, uh, no, it's rehearsed not, celebration. It's not necessarily that. Although I, I don't mind the rehearsed celebration. I mean, it depends what it is. If he got like a, if if his reverse his rehearsed celebration was a fucking great big brass band coming out. <laughs> Would love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the Colombians at the World Cup when they were going this way, that way. So, yeah, I've had a bit of that. Yeah, totally. But I I just felt, like you said, you used the word jarring. It felt, I don't know, like you're watching... I don't know. You're, you're watching a surfer, like a massive wave comes along, and as they go to go down, they just hang in the air and stop. And you know, you're like, those, no, you've interrupted the flow of what's going on there. You know those TikTok videos where it's like man, cl- man jumps. You know, does a seven box box jump in the gym. Yeah, and it's the whole video is just him like preparing to jump. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah you yeah. never actually see the jump. Yeah, here's yeah. how Take to dress your own wound. Don't listen to TikTok. <laughs> don't stop that. Oh dear. And and the man that um. Tied his own neck to the post. There's a lot of jumping in yesterday. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, let's let's deal with Alan first. Imagine if we were how funny it would be if we were be celebrated by attaching himself to the post. <laughs> that would have been yeah, just hugging the post. He missed an absolute trick there. He did. Yeah, he just really running did. up and hugging it. Um, well, let's t- let's get the red card out of the way if we may quickly. Yeah. Sent off, of course, for a terrible foul. It looked like his intention was very much to take a booking for the team. A la Wayne Rooney at Old Trafford that time when he thought, oh, I've seen players do this, yeah, I'll just boot him. It's like, no, you need to be a, you need to have a little bit more craft yes. than yeah. that. Yeah. Um did you think it was a red card fish? Do you think it was a bit harsh? I did actually. On um I I um dislike those fouls anyway. Yeah. Like, clearly there's no intention of getting them ball. But as you pointed out there, there is a way of doing it that doesn't mm. re- that doesn't put the guy you're fouling into mm. in that much danger, I suppose. Because yeah. that is essentially like kicking someone off the ball almost. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. he's he's t- he took out if you watch it again, he takes out both his feet. From yeah. behind as yeah. well. Yeah, he takes out his left foot first, then he takes out his right foot. I, I I'm happy for that both to feet be off sending the ground. off to yeah. be perfectly honest. Don't do that again. Yeah. That's what People, people always obviously that it has a, you know an in-game consequence. This, yeah. but the broader picture is to stop people doing shit like that. Yes, and absolutely. so I don't have any problem with either decision. Either. Right enough, right enough. And obviously down to ten men, not for that much of the game. Of course, Newcastle probably had the better of the chances. You might say it's so disappointing for them. They didn't even get a point. But yes, there was a protester uh, who tied uh, his neck to one of the goalposts. Um, it was the second Just Stop Oil protest in the space of two nights. So that's the they're the people that are doing this. And the other, the first one was at Arsenal. Yes, yeah. and he didn't manage to tie himself to the post. And we sort of, we we thought it was a protest, but it wasn't clear mm. what it was about this one. Obviously, the message got a lot, um, you know, was seen a lot more clearly. Yeah. Um, it's not the first time at Goodison Park we've seen a protest like this. Do you remember? I can't remember what it was for. It was a guy who tied himself to the post. It was a number of years ago now. Perhaps people 
remember that. But anyway, obviously there was there was this one last night. Um, the the one of the most uh, enjoyable things of last night was that man who went absolutely at it with a pair of pliers in <sighs> yeah. his face. You've all seen this on social media. The man's face grinning away like he's up to some absolutely no good act and yet yeah. he's getting an enormous pleasure from it yeah but he is just i assume just using a pair of pliers to get the, the bolt off on top of that it looked like there was an enormous amount of horrible pleasure going on yeah he was really putting his you know <laughs> giving that his all wasn't he and then on top of that you had the everton fan who got tired of the delay ran out of the fans <laughs> Punched the protester, <laughs> then got taken away yep. by stewards, and was like, "Wait, what? Yeah. I'm just trying to help." Well, yeah, I, I, so yeah, so the, <laughs> yeah, let's pu- punch him out of this. Yeah. Well, the, the, the protester, the protesters arrested on suspicion of pitch encroachment. Suspicion. You, you have to use that yeah, word. You do. Apparently, uh, the second chap that you've just talked about there was arrested on suspicion of pitch encroachment and assault. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're you're getting investigated for more stuff than the bloke who oh, held it all up. Idiot. How was the game? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be asked back. Yeah. But I think I helped the situation. Someone I think I helped t- someone big t- oil. Some, someone tied themselves to the post. Yeah, yeah, big delay. So why are you home early? <laughs> well, so so I ran on and punched him punch in the face. Someone had to punch him. <laughs> Amazing. Ridiculous. Amazing. Eddie Howe said of this incident uh, post-match I've never seen anything like that it was a big delay I'm not using it as an excuse but I don't know if it affected us because certainly we weren't the same team in the second half yeah I, you know what I think we're going to see more of these because I, I've done a little bit of reading around the campaign and, and the, the guy who was who tied himself to the post mm. was talking about how my generation has no future according to every, everything yeah, everyone's saying yeah. and we're terrified and no one seems to care and you know it's, I think you know, we're a bit older a bit longer in the two so Maybe it's easier to kind of employ that cognitive dissonance, but a lot there are a lot mm. of terrified young people out there. Yeah. They, 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 they again, there's a lot of people who just been like, oh, the, oh, you know, the cable ties made of made of oil. Yeah, checkmate. Argument over. Just <laughs> uh, keep using oil, uh-huh. and it's it's. I guess that maybe this is the wrong audience for it because people are just going to go get on with it, get mm. on with it. But I, we're going to see more of this, I suppose. Just because yeah. people need to get that well, out or feel that they need to get the message out there. Well, I just want Eddie Howe to be asked more non-football-y questions. As yeah, he, absolutely. As he it, see what he says. Yeah, let's make oil his fault as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, an, an incredible end to the game. Uh, an incredible moment that was in the game, my goodness. Uh, but Everton got a vital win uh, and they faced Crystal Palace in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup very, very soon, of course. And it is the business end of the FA Cup uh, this weekend. Quite incredibly, on Wednesday uh, this week, it was 150 years to the day since the first FA Cup final. Marvellous stuff. Wanderers defeated Royal Engineers 1-0 in front of 2,000 people at the Oval. I'm sure none of us uh, could possibly uh, remember. But yeah, apparently Engineers started with seven forwards that day, Vish. You see, football is not as good as it used to be. No. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, when, when, when United when United are behind yeah. in the last few minutes, they often have seven forwards. On. What I find funny is seven forwards, and yet they only won one nil. Yeah, presumably, did they still have seven forwards right with the last ten minutes or like five minutes? Maybe no. they just got in each other's way. I was standing here. <laughs> yeah. hey. I'm the one who runs to the near post. You run slightly less to the near post, closer mm. to the var post. Ooh, right? That's my spot. Yeah. <laughs> Are they tracking back? That's what I want to know. But yes, uh, let us uh, fast forward. They were all shorter time. back then as well, weren't <laughs> yeah, they? I, so you I, can I, launch it forward. Exactly. I do want to point, the, point out the only goal was scored by a man called Morton Betts, but he played under a pseudonym of A.H. Checker. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't have been there. I don't know. But there's... Yeah. There's a book for Jonathan Wilson around this, I'm sure. I'm sure. A lot of stuff has been written on this, especially from a cricket perspective, because it was at the Oval. Yeah. So, um, Always bring yeah. in cricket, aren't you? Yeah, just trying to just trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> he is a man of the bat, aren't <laughs> uh, This Saturday, tomorrow even, we could say, uh, Borough versus Chelsea, Middlesbrough could bag another Premier League scalp because they've got ones uh, that are Manchester United and Spurs, of course, on their way to this quarterfinal can they do it? They have an extremely unfair advantage, of course, mm. with all those fans yeah. in their own stadium, um, which is disgusting. I think we can it all is, agree. It's not and, in the spirit of football, is it? Yeah, that, you, that sort of unfair. If you I want, just question the integrity of this game. <laughs> yeah. If you like sport and integrity, don't tune in for that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so uh, the, the squad, Chelsea squad, have been cleared to fly for the fixture uh, after, it, after it was thought they would have to, to take the coach 
So uh, that's good news. Um, Joe Cole, I've mentioned Joe Cole, said that uh, Thomas Tuchel should be Prime Minister for the way he steered Chelsea lately. He is a good pundit, mm. but I do think <laughs> football is probably yeah. his, his sphere, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think we can all agree. I think if you look at the way the current guy is doing it, Thomas Tuchel would well, be okay. a good point, actually. I yeah. think Joe Cole could do a decent job as Prime Minister. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, apparently there's 3,000 extra tickets uh, available for, for Middlesbrough fans uh, for this game. Um, so good to know that they go into good homes or people. Um, our man Martin, who of course uh, asked us what you should do. Maybe he's one of the 3,000 that got one of those extra tickets. We certainly hope so, Martin. Do get in touch. Uh, elsewhere in the FA Cup, uh, Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool is on Sunday. It's the first time these two sides have faced each other uh, since 1999. And Quite poignantly, the special residents, uh, resident, sorry, in this fixture, this is the first time they met in the FA Cup since um, that uh, semi-final replay following the Hillsborough disaster in 1989. The uh, Forest, though, themselves have been on a brilliant run. They've beaten Arsenal and Leicester and Huddersfield to get this far, uh, and and it's going to be a special game, uh, Jim, because when they beat Arsenal and Leicester, we thought, oh, are they going to fall to Huddersfield? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those sort of classic things, but they didn't, and they're playing Liverpool, and it's uh, a big game. You would fancy Liverpool for it. You would. Yeah. But this is the thing, isn't it? Forest have got nothing to lose. They've done so well getting this far. What are you talking so, about to lose? They go out the cup. That's what they've got to lose. Well, in, indeed. But in terms of expectation, right. they, they, you know, they can just try and enjoy this game as much as possible. Their fans have been fantastic, generally. Mm. So they're all going to be so, so up for this. Just try and get at Liverpool early. You know, like, the problem with Liverpool is they just... They can solve any problem that's put in front of them, essentially, can't they? That is that is but, a problem. You know, go for it, Forrest. Why not? Why the bloody hell not? Well, we mentioned Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, he's out with a hamstring problem. Um, but uh, speaking of right-backs, Forrest's own right-back, uh, old Spence has drawn a lot of praise uh, for his performances. Bayern Munich have reportedly started discussions over signing him. That would be an interesting one. I mean, of course, Matty Cash was former Forrest man, so... Yeah. Is yeah. this the sort of uh, an Arsene Wenger type production line of fullbacks going it's, it's on? It's another one for England's team of right backs as well, <laughs> isn't it? He um did you see his scorcher in the week? Oh yes, lovely one. Yeah, brilliant goal. He gets the ball like quite centrally from about thirty yards and bends it into the top corner. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good quality player. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll let's see if he does another one of them against uh, Liverpool. On Sunday, uh, Nathan Redmond and Pep Guardiola will be reunited as uh, <laughs> Southampton host Manchester City on Sunday afternoon. Um uh, Pep Guardiola, yeah, he he can always channel his unhappiness in another way not just like having a go at Nathan Redmond. Um, he can maybe take a leaf out of uh, of older manager John Sheridan's uh, uh, book because he shocked Swindon fans when he stuck his middle finger up at them as he left the pitch <laughs> quite recently. They'd just conceded a 96-minute 96, 96 uh, winner uh, and he did manage Swindon last season and got them relegated and said of the matter, I'm not bothered about 6,000 fans shouting at me. I've got a lot more about me, which no doubt would have pleased Ian Wright. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In, in the spirit of that. So I don't think we'll see Pep do that. So you, think, so you think Pep might flip off the Southampton? No, I don't think he will. I think that if, if Man City lose, then he'll do that menacing smile of, oh, we were brilliant today, yeah, weren't we? the yeah. best performance we've ever had. Exactly. Yeah. And then if they win, that gives him carte blanche to praise Southampton and Redmond and everybody and just say, oh, there's just such a wonderful team and the best team we've played ever in this competition. Jan Bednarak is better than Beckenbauer. Yeah. <laughs> And they're, they're as good as Royal Engineers or something, you know, <laughs> that kind of chat. So we look forward to it indeed. Yeah. All right, everybody, it's time for Betway's 4 to score. Entry to Betway's 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's 4 selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply in Game 1. Crystal Palace versus Everton on Sunday at 12.30. Vish, who have you picked? I picked Conor Gallagher. Okay. In the England squad, Everton, a bit tired from their exploits on Thursday. Yeah. And, um, yeah, energetic man from midfield, bursting late, scoring goal. Works for me. Love that, love that. And game two, Leicester City versus Brentford, Sunday at 2pm. Jim, who have you picked? I've gone for James Madison Mm. in solidarity with other Jameses. Like it, like it. Uh, Game three is Southampton versus Manchester City, Sunday at 3pm. Luke Moore had this to say. Hello everyone, and before I give you my four to score selection for this week, I need to clear up a small piece of admin. There are those of you out there who think I'm not on Friday's show because I'm running scared, trying to protect my championship, my Luke's game slash Marcus's game championship. That's not the case. I'm not in charge of the schedule. I'm here. I'm ready to fight. 
anytime someone wants to put me on a Friday show. But for now, I'm not on this week, uh, but I will offer you my four to score selection. And the game I've been given is Southampton versus Man City in the FA Cup. And I think, obviously, I'm not going to go for a Southampton player. Uh, I've got my reputation to think about. Um, I'm going to go for a Man City player. I'm going to go for Raheem Sterling. I fancy him to open the scoring and probably get Man City on their way to a semi-final berth. Enjoy the football this weekend. Speak soon. Mm. Now, Luke's often had a dig at Andy Brassel for long voice notes. That was 50 seconds long. How many seconds is that, Marcus? I think that was about 15. Not too bad. Well done, Andy. A mere 31 seconds from Andy. Huge improvement. But more importantly, Andy Brassel has delivered a voice note <laughs> in under 15 seconds. Incredible scenes. Whatever happens now, we are the true winners here. Thank you very much, Andy. Uh, you absolute windbag. Four, 44 seconds, that was. Just pick a player. Mm, 44 seconds. God, imagine mm. going about 44 seconds. I know, hey? That's yeah. mad. He says he wasn't on the show. He basically was, wasn't yeah. he? Now? Busy show today as well. Yeah. So. Indeed, yeah. Thanks hey, for popping in, Luke. <laughs> in game four, Spurs versus West Ham on Sunday at 4.30, I have picked Song Hyung Min to get the first goal. So there we are. Game one, Palace versus Everton. Uh, Vicious gone for Conor Gallagher. Leicester City versus Brentford in game two. Jim's picked James Madison in game three. Southampton versus Manchester City. Luke picked Raheem Sterling. And in game four, Spurs versus West Ham, I have gone for Son Young Min, make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. You can play for free at betway.com forward slash four to score. Further T's and C's apply. You've got to be over 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. For more information on that, head to begambleaware.org. Right, everybody, it's now time for this. It's the algorithm. What do you want me to do? This is why I'm fucked. Hello, everybody. It's time for Marcus's game. Ooh. You're a fan of Marcus's game, Jim, aren't I you? am. Yeah. 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 Just fucking hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> put your key in the lock. Put your fob on the end. Oh, nice. I yeah. like you. But yeah, you've modernised it. Uh, put whatever through the letterbox oh, and just let us, let us go. The fob is nearly on the money, everybody. The weekend is just moments away. <laughs> fob we... is nearly on the money. <laughs> that one is not going to take off. <laughs> I don't think any of it should take off, Jim. <laughs> and that's me saying that. But anyway, we know the rules. It's Marcus's game. We're doing managers. If they have managed an international team accounts, if they've managed uh, uh, interim, if they've been interim, if they've been caretaker, all that kind of stuff, it all counts. But we're not interested in under-21s or, or B-sides and any other uh, muggy little things like that. Okay, gentlemen, uh, my uh, senses tell me that Jim should begin. Um, we've, uh, we've got the first manager, Jimmy Baby, still managing. He's managed... Five teams. His name is Chris Wilder. Okay. Yes. Chrissy Wilder. Mm-hmm. We get wild, wild, wilder. Can I have a bid, Jim? Five teams. What Five are you going to go for? I feel like there's a really obvious one I'm missing. What are you going for, bruv? It's going to go two. It's going to go two. Yeah. So might as well go three. Yeah, might as well go three because you know Jim's going to get two. Vish, is that you're thinking, Jim? Yeah. Can I hear four from yeah. you? I didn't think so. Okay, then, uh, Vatouche, can you name three teams that Chris Wilder has managed? Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Stab in the Dark, Barnsley. Yeah, I'm afraid not, Sam. I'm afraid yeah. not. That was, a, that was a tricky one. Halifax Town, Oxford United, Northampton Town, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough. Yeah, there wasn't an obvious one. <laughs> yeah. No, there was not an obvious one. It is 1-0 to Jim Campbell. Vish, you're up first. This man has managed nine teams. It's Howard Kendall. Oh. <laughs> one for the older ones. Mm, not looking so smug now. Look at me, I'm still in my mid-30s. I don't know anything about Howard Kendall. <laughs> he had a mint cake la- named after him, didn't, didn't he? he? Well, I see, I didn't know that. No, he didn't. It's from the place. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. Come on, Bravnik. No, because people are going to be annoyed, aren't they? Why are they going to be annoyed? Oh, you don't know about Howard Kendall. Who's going to be annoyed at you? <laughs> people who do my the accent I just did. <laughs> Stop stalling. So, no one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Nine teams. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Go on, who have you got? What's your bid? Oh, uh, oh. Three. Three? 
Jim. I'm going to make your name though. Yeah. <laughs> your tone of voice gave you away. But it could be a bluff. It could be a could. glorious bluff. Vish. Three teams that Howard Kendall has managed. Leeds. It's 2-0 to Jim. He's never managed Leeds United. You both look shocked at that. No, yeah. I, I'm surprised that you went with Leeds because they crossed my mind. I thought, no. Howard Wilkinson. A, a, a couple of obvious... Are you thinking Howard Wilkinson the whole time? Yeah, but they had Everton. Howard Kendall was yeah. Everton. Yeah. yeah, he never had a film about him either because that was Howard the famous duck. Okay, know your Howards. What the hell are you talking about? I just mentioned an old reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jim knows. Uh, he managed Blackburn Rovers. Everton. Oh, I did know that. I Everton. Know that. Yeah, I had Everton. Right. Yeah. Athletic Bilbao, quite famously. Yeah. Manchester City, went back to Everton. One. Then he managed uh, Zanti in Greece, I think that's pronounced, Notts County, Sheffield United, went back to Everton again. Actually, I should have known a few of those, actually. That's a, yeah. that's a shambles. Uh, Ethnikos uh, Piraeus, uh, which is probably not how you pronounce that one, was his final club. I had Everton and Man City, and I guess the Sheffield Wednesday, so I would have lost. You would have. Um, but you didn't. You're 2 nil up. 2 nil up, and it's all to play for. All to play for. Now then, Jim, you're up first. Mm-hmm. Can you win? All you've got to do is tell me how many of 11 uh, sides Felix McGat coached, uh, and then you could win the game. <laughs> Big Felix McGat. It's Friday there. <laughs> My word. Yes. Felix. Don't get your Felixes mixed up. Vish, he never appeared in uh, as a character in a James Bond film. Okay. Felix McGat. 11. 11 clubs. Yeah, what a man. Mm, what a man indeed. Loves his cheese. Yeah, and, he's, and forcing players to run. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to be quite conservative on this one. Yeah. I'm going to go three. Three? Yeah. I think that's not a bad bid at all, actually. Vish, can I hear more than three for you? Um, Vish? Mm, You're two nil down. No, go, Jim, take it. That's fine. Okay. Jim, for the win, can you name three of the 11 sides Felix McGat has managed? Okay. Fulham. Wolfsburg. Schalke. Jim Campbell wins. Flawless victory. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a flawless victory. Pick a German team and he'll have managed them. (laughs) That was the plan there. Yes, Did he manage Hertha Berlin? Uh, he did. He's, wow, he's, he's fuck, I would have got that. He's currently there. As well. He's currently there. That's it, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hamburg, uh, Nuremberg, Werder Bremen, Eintracht Frankfurt, Stuttgart, Bayern Munich. Werder Bremen were, were another guess I was going to go for. I, I thought mm. surely not Bayern, but evidently, yeah. He was there for a few years. Uh, Wolfsburg, Schalke, back to Wolfsburg, Fulham, of course. God, that is the epitome of pick any team, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> It It was Shangdong, uh, (laughs) Lunyang, everyone has a go, and uh, back at Herta recently, got a job there. So 3-0, what a win for Jim. Uh, Vish's love affair of Marcus's game uh, doesn't uh, carry on, uh, I'm afraid. We've got two more. Vish, do you want to have a little little consolation? Go on then. Yeah. This man has managed eight sides. It is Dave Bassett. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) No need to blaspheme. Ah... Dave Bassett. Yeah, big Dave. David. <laughs> you have lost the game. Just say a number. Oh, three. Three, okay. Jim? Yeah, go on then. Have a go. Have a go, Vish. Have a little go. Have a little spin. Then I'm Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing the towel in again, yeah. aren't you? No, it's You're just uh, whatever. You knew he managed Wimbledon. This is the Ronaldo. I had, effect, I had Wimbledon. No, yeah, Ronaldo I had... comes back to United. They all get picked. No, I had Wimbledon, but I figured I've got, I've got to get get the hard one out of the way first. Uh-huh. So I got my guess out of the way. Wimbledon, Watford, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Barnsley, Leicester City, and Southampton. There we are. Yeah, I mean, I had three well, of those two, two of those yeah. three. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jim, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's round it off. A eh? five teams. Brian Robson. Okay, Brian Robson. What you got? Eh, have a little bid. I'm going to have a little bid. Have a little spin. Little bidsies. Yeah. 
But I'm going to have a little think first. Well, you've had, enough of that. There's the <laughs> people enough, listening enough, to this. Enough of that. Yeah, come on. Uh, all right, because well, you're rushing me, I'm going to go two. Two, Vish. I might as well do three. Yeah, you know he's going to get one of them wrong, don't you, Jim? Yeah, yeah probably, okay. probably. Vish, uh, name three teams that Brian Robson's managed. Uh, Middlesbrough, West Brom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... Just one more. One more. Are they around that area? Just one more. The, you can't ask just him. One in the more. Midlands? Why can't I ask him? He's, He's impartial. <laughs> I didn't hear that comment, fortunately. I said you're my friend. <laughs> oh, really? Really? That's the um, first time you've ever said that. Usually oh, it's denial. Come on. Where else would he have managed, Jim? If you guess. Just say the bloody thing so we can all have a weekend. Oh, I don't know. Um, Jakarta. Jakarta, that's just a city. Yeah, Jakarta FC. <laughs> that's wrong. Uh, he's managed Bradford City. Fucking hell. <laughs> Sheffield United. And if you'd have thought about it a little bit more, rather than just naming a city in that region, Thailand. Oh, mate. <laughs> Watching the game, it didn't seem like a 5 0, did it? Jim Campbell wins! <laughs> I've, I know, but I think when they blew when they blew for kickoff and I strapped myself to the post, I think it was right, it was on the wall from then, wasn't it? Right, yeah. right, it was on the wall. Really oh, dear. Well, uh, that, yeah. <laughs> what a way to. Uh, to sort this of... has got to be the last time we play Marcus's game, surely. Really? It's a nonsense. Run out of It's an utter nonsense. I'll decide. I'll you won't though, will you? I it's, will though, will I? Won't shambles. I? Why don't we? Why don't we do? Um, name the protester. What was he protesting <laughs> and where? Thank you very much for listening to the Football Rebel Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Everybody, sorry about uh, the child in the corner over there ripping up his paper. I'm trying to sell that on eBay later, I'd imagine. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Call me AH Checker, actually. <laughs> thank you very much for Tushna Hansarada. Call me Chancellor. I'll just go with Bellend. And uh, thank you very much, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. It the hasn't weekend, been. The weekend Don't is officially go out. You're not out. <laughs> Stay indoors. We'll see you in the bar. Be miserable. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.